here trying to help you. I'm here to give you what it took me 30, 30 years in ministry to get. All right, praise God for his goodness. Now, this morning we started a new series. Uh, remember, this series took us into the new series. Now, the new series is talking about understanding the will of the Lord. All right, that's what I'm teaching on, understanding the will of the Lord. See, a lot of stuff we're doing in churches is not the will of the Lord. The whole lot of stuff we're doing in churches is because some other church did it, some other church did it, and we call it church. Oh, well, we have in church. You know, but this has nothing to do with the Bible. That's religion, tradition of men. All right, so let's look at that today. And let's see what the Lord said. Let's see what the Word said. Because if you're going to govern your life, govern your life by the Word. You know, not on what I say, not on what I say you ought to do in the church, but is that what the Bible says? Amen. Don't base your salvation on what man say, but on what the Word say. Okay? All right. Now, let's show you how we got our subject. Let's show you how we got our subject. Our subject is God's will for us is to be holy. Now, that's God's will. Our series is understanding the will of God. Let's show you how we got that, first of all. Uh, let's go. We gave you Colossians chapter 1, and we showed you that, but we're going to wait and read that out of, the, out of the NLT. Let's give you a couple of things. Ephesians, let's go back to Ephesians 5, 17. Now, we got on these things last week. But it took us into a new teaching that we're doing here. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 17, just one verse. Wherefore, be not unwise, Ephesians 5, 17, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. So he said, don't be unwise, but understand what is the will of the Lord for you. What is the will of God for you? What God wants you to do. See, if you're in a church, the Bible told you. I'm going to read that same thing. Out of, the good, out of the NLT, I'm sorry, uh, which is Ephesians 5, 17. If you're going to be, if you're going to be in a church, you got to know what the will of the Lord is, okay? So I'm reading that out of the uh, King James Version. Now I'm going to read it out of the NLT. Watch what it says. Ephesians 5, 17. I'm just doing one verse. Uh, Ephesians 5, 17. This is so powerful. He said, don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. All right? Now, in the King James, Ephesians 5, 17, out the King James. Let's do it out of the King James. Because he says, what the Lord wants you to do. Otherwise, he wants you to do his will, right? All right, here we go. Ephesians 5, 17, out the King James says, Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And you ask most people in churches, why they do stuff in church. And then you'll say to them, is, did God tell you to do that? You know, for example, in a church, they have a lot of things they do in a church. I'm just going to use this because this is what God convict us on. One of them was water baptism. Now, you have to ask yourself a question. In the New Testament, did God tell you to water baptize? See, if you're doing something, you got to know that God tell you that because the New Testament didn't start to the book of Romans. So many people think the New Testament started the book of Acts. No, the New Testament could not start with the book of Acts. Paul preached the new covenant. God gave a new covenant to the apostle Paul. All right? Now, here's another question. Foot washing. Did God tell you to wash feet in the new covenant? No, it's not in the new covenant. See, God did not tell you to take communion, uh, what they call communion, Passover. Let's, let's call it what it is, Passover. Bread on the table, wine on the table is celebrating the Passover. Did God tell you that? No. It's not in the new covenant. Did God tell you to circumcise? No, it's not in the new covenant. That had nothing to do with salvation. See, all these things that people are doing in the churches, did God tell you to wash feet? Did God tell you to take bread off the table to eat on Sunday morning? It's not, it's not in the Bible. It's not in the New Covenant. Let's show you today what's in the New Covenant, 
And I would challenge you to go and ask the person that you go to church with, where does the Bible, tell me whether the Bible told us from the book of Romans to the book of Philemon that we got to water baptize. It's not in there. That we got to do communion. It's not in there. Now, you can show in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and chapter 11 where God gave Paul the revelation. The same night, it, same night his disciples met with Jesus before he was crucified, and God gave Paul the revelation of the mystery, which is Christ's death, burial, and resurrection by using the Passover. And God's going to show you that Christ is our Passover. 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 7 told you that. So when you read those verses, it'll tell you Christ is our Passover. But it's not going to tell you to, to keep the Passover. I'm not going to tell you that in the New Covenant. But yet people are doing it and calling it God's will. And then telling people they're going to die and go to hell if they don't do it. Then telling people that their sins are forgiven if they do it. See, listen, that's all that's religion, tradition of men. And the key is because the people that go to the church don't know the Bible. Now, that's why it's all happening. The people that go to the church don't know the Bible. And I believe that's why, one of the reasons why God raised up this ministry. All right? Now, I just showed you Ephesians chapter 5, verse 17. The question was understanding what the will of the Lord is. Understanding what the will of the Lord is. Well, let's go to show you that in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Uh, well, let's go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 because that's where we're at today. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and told you what the will of the Lord is. We're going to go right to it, and that's verse number 3. 1 Thessalonians 4, 3. Told me what the will of the Lord is. If I read 3 and 4, you'll get your answer. And that's what we're going to do. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification. God told you what the will of God is for your life. Is sanctification. And I'm going to show you when I deal with the word sanctification, I'm dealing with the word being holy, because that's what God wants from you, is to be holy. All right? So this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain, watch this, from fornication. Now, I'm going to go back and show you that because that is in the Bible, and I'm going to show you where that came from. Even your sanctification, that you should abstain from, from fornication. Every one of you, watch what verse 4 said, every one of you should know how to possess, and I'm going to read out the NLT, it's going to use the word control, his vessel in sanctification and honor, and honesty, and honor. Sanctification and honor. Not in lust of concupiscence, even as the Gentile would know not God. So all of this is so awesome uh, because, you know, God has given you the Holy Spirit. Now you got to know how to live holy. So if I read that verse number 6, we are in uh, 1 Thessalonians 4 and 6, that no man go beyond the fraud of his brother in any matter, because that the Lord is the avenger of, of all such, as we also forewarn you and testify. For God has not called you unto uncleanness, watch this, but holiness. Now that's an awesome verse. God has not called you to uncleanliness, but to holiness. God has called you to holiness. And then verse number 8 says, He therefore that despises, despises not man, but God. See, if you despise that, you despise in God, who has also given us his Holy Spirit. So let's read that same thing out of the NLT, shall we? 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. See, the key is when I found out in the Bible, what did God want me to do? See, when I go to a church, I got to ask, I got to ask the question. If I'm going to go to a church, what do God want me to do? If I go to that church, what do God want me to do? If not, you're going to end up going to a church, they do everything. So you look at the Bible and you say, where in the Bible, that in a new covenant, God told me to water baptize? It's not in the Bible. Well, where in the Bible that it told me to uh, take Passover? It's not in the new covenant. Well, where in the Bible it told me to, to do foot washing? 
It's not in the Bible, not New Covenant. See, people are doing things because that's what the people want done. So the pastor is going to do it because it's going to fill up his church. I'm trying to tell you the truth. People are going to go to that church because they believe in taking communion every Sunday or every first Sunday or whatever. So that's going to keep them there. Water baptism, that's what all they know and all they like. So that's going to keep them there. But if that's what the Bible says, no. The Bible wants you holy. God's will is that you will be holy. That's why my teaching series is understanding the will of the Lord. Having knowledge of the will of the Lord. And I'm talking about God's will is for us is to be holy. See? God wants us to be holy. Tell, tell somebody that on, online this morning. God wants us to be holy. Not just live holy, but be holy first, then you're going to live holy. That's what God wants from us. Now, let's get into this because this is what I got into this morning. This is what God wants from you. Now, let's, let's go back to, to, to Romans chapter, let's go to Romans chapter 6. We're just going to run down some things this morning uh, that we didn't get, to the, didn't get to. So Romans chapter 6, verse 15. I'm reading this out of the NLT, I'm sorry. Uh, Romans 6 and verse 15. I'm reading out of the NLT. Now, watch what the Word of God tells us out of the NLT. Romans 6, Romans chapter 6 and verse number 15. All right, Romans 6, 15. Well then, he says, since God's grace has set us free from the law, does that mean that we can go on sinning? See, can, can we go on doing our thing? God set us free. Then he said, of course not, or certainly not. Don't you realize that you became the slave of whatever you chose to obey? You became the slave of whatever you chose to obey. You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death. Or you can choose to obey God, which leads to a righteous, righteous living. Thank God. Once you were slaves of sin, but now you wholeheartedly obey this teaching we have given you. Now you're free from your slavery to sin. And you have become slave to righteous living now. Because of the weakness of the human nature, verse 19. I'm using this illustration of slavery to help you understand all of this. Previously, previously, you let yourself be slave to impurity, lawlessness, which led ever deeper into sin. Now you must give yourself to be slave to righteous living, so that you will become holy. Holy, that's what God want to bring you to holiness. That's why God started off, uh, be holy, for I am holy. That's what he's talking about. He hadn't changed his mind. All right? Now, I'm going to read another verse of this. In verse number 20, we're reading out the NLT. When you were slave to sin, you were free from the obligation to do right. What was the result? You are now ashamed of the things you used to do, things that end in eternal doom. But now you are free from the power of sin and have become slave to God. Now you do those things that lead to holiness and result in everlasting life. For the ways of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through our Lord Jesus Christ. So God is reminding us again about our service to God. All right? That's why we got Romans. We in Romans. Look at Romans 12. I'm still reading out the NLT. Romans chapter 12. We did a whole series on uh, Romans chapter number 12 because we have to understand what that is teaching us. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you. I'm still reading out the NLT. I plead with you to give your bodies to God. Listen to what he says. Give your bodies to God. Don't serve sin. Because of all he has done for you, give him your body. 
Let them be a living and a holy sacrifice, the kind he would, the kind he would find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. So he's talking about by you surrendering your body to God and living for God, this is how you worship. See, a whole lot of people go to church and lift their hands up and lift their hands up and in fornication, in adultery and all kinds of stuff and turn around and think they're worshiping God. That's not worshiping God. To worship and serve God is how you live your life. Every day, you ought to get up and say, I'm going to worship the Lord today. You worship God, watch this, in the beauty of holiness. I want somebody to find that verse for me. You worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. What an awesome verse. He says, this is the way you worship God. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world. But let God transform you. See, that's why I taught on renew your mind. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you'll learn how to know God's will for you. See, then you'll learn how to know God's will for you. See, God's will for you, people are telling you, is water baptism. It's not. God's will for you, circumcision. It's not. God's will for you is foot washing. It's not. God's will for you is eating the bread and the wine off the table. That's not God's will for you. All right? All I heard is Psalm 20. 29 and 2. All right, Psalm 29 and verse 2. Let's look at that. Psalms 29 and verse 2. All right, let, let's, let's show you that on the word. See, you worship God. The Bible told you it had not changed. This had not changed. See, that's why God talks about in John chapter 4, we'll go back there in a moment, God the Spirit We'll go back to John chapter 4, verse 20. We'll go back there in a moment. We're going to show you how, how God wants you to worship him. In, in Psalm 29 and verse number 2, all right, it said, Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Now, you ought to write that word down. I want somebody to shout it out out there. You worship the Lord. How you do you worship the Lord? In the beauty of holiness. Then I want somebody out there also to find another verse. Without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. See, this is how you worship the Lord. You worship the Lord. When God saved you, he makes you holy. Now you got to live that life of holiness. This is your life. This is your salvation. He, we told you this morning when we dealt with Genesis 17, where Abraham, he told Abraham in Genesis 17, walk before me and be thou perfect. That same word is holy. See, that's what God wants from Abraham. And then God made his covenant with Abraham. And you know Abraham's life and all the things that Abraham got, him, got himself involved in. And God could not bring his covenant to pass in Abraham's life because he was not living holy. All right, I, I can hear the Hebrew 12. All right, let's go back to Hebrew chapter 12 and verse number 14. Let's go to Hebrews. So th there's a there's a couple verses there they're going to connect but let's go to Hebrew chapter 12 and we're going to start with verse number 12 I'm sorry Hebrew chapter 12 and verse 14 is all I want it says follow peace with all men and then he's going to say and holiness without or without holiness no man shall see the Lord. So don't, 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 don't fool yourself. And you can't get no holiness from eating bread and wine off a table. 
You can't get holiness from water baptism. You can't get holiness from foot washing and circumcision and, and uh, like they had then uh, the animal sacrifice. Those were the five categories. Five categories in the Old Testament. Let me give them to you again. The five categories in the Old Testament was, number one, animal sacrifice. That's why when they got ready to worship God, they present a, a sacrifice on the altar. Now the new covenant, Romans 12, 1 and 2, presents your body a living sacrifice. He's talking about the way you live your life. Holy, acceptable unto God, that's your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Remember, if you do that, you will prove what is that good, and acceptable, and perfect will of God is. But you can't do it if you don't live holy. So they had five things. Number one was animal sacrifice. Number two, they had water baptism. Old Testament, that was a righteousness. Remember, when John the Baptist baptized them, that made them right with God. And then number three was foot washing, washing the saints' feet. See, number four, you had to keep the Passover, eating the bread and the wine off the table. Number five was circumcision. So those are the things that the Jews did in the Old Covenant to be right with God. Well, you can't be right with God in the New Covenant like that. Let, let me show you why. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 is right here. And let's look at verse 11. 1 Corinthians 6, 11. Just one verse. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 11. I gave you this verse this morning, but it's just a good verse. Just good to see it. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse number 11. When you get this, say amen. I, I, I feel you're getting there. Okay. Some of you, now watch what it says, 1 Corinthians 6 11. Some of you were once like that, but you were cleansed. Remember, he said you were. That's why. When you're in Christ. See, when God puts you in Christ, he cleansed you. He sanctified you. But we got to not only be in Christ, we got to live for Christ now. And I think that's where we mess up in churches. We, 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 we're confessing that we're in Christ and we're okay, but we don't want to live for Christ. No, you got to live for him now. If Christ lives in you, you can live for Christ. I want you to say that with me. If Christ lives in you, then you can live for Christ. If Christ is not in you, you cannot live for Christ. Because once Christ comes inside of you, he empowers you to live for Christ. He gave you power over sin, over death, over hell, over the grave, demonic spirit, everything, his power. So if you're in Christ, you can live for Christ. All right, that's what you got to understand. All right, now you have to ask yourself a question. Am I living for Christ? Maybe you're not in Christ. Maybe Christ is not in you. All right, but watch what he said in 1 Corinthians 6, 11. Some of you were once like that. Now he named some people how they live in sexual sin or they worship idols, they commit adultery, uh, they had male prostitutes. See, all of that's up there in 1 Corinthians 6. Uh, verse 9. Let me go back up there and read a little of that. In 1 Corinthians 6 9, out the NLT, he says, Don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourself. Those who indulge in sexual sins, worshiping idols, committing adultery, male prostitutes, and, and we don't talk about that enough because the first thing we talk about is a woman. But when a man go around giving himself to everybody he can get around, that, he's just a male prostitute. Practicing homosexuality. See, nobody won't bother that, but that's in the book. Practicing homosexuality. All of thieves, greedy people, drunkards, abusive, cheap people. None of these will inherit the kingdom of God. Some of you were once like that. But you were cleansed, you were made holy, you were made right with God by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. 
So he told you how it happened and how they used to be. See, people think that you can still be that way and you can all, you all right to go to heaven. No, listen. God's will for you is to be holy. Let me read that again. I'm reading out the NLT. Don't you realize, verse 9, we're going to go back to verse 9. We're going to back it up to verse 9. There you go. Don't you realize that those who do wrong would not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourself. Those who indulge in sexual sins or worship idols, commit adultery, male prostitutes, practice homosexuality, thieves, greedy people, drunk people, abusive, cheap people, None of those will inherit the kingdom of God. Some of you were once like that, verse 11, but you were cleansed, you were made holy, you were made right with God by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of, of our God. And so what I'm saying is, how did God change you? He put you in Christ. Now, if God has put you in Christ, then why, what is your reason now that you can't live right? Christ is the power of God. So why can't you live right? He empowers you to live right. All right? So these are the kind of things I want to make sure I bring out in this teaching. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1. You in the NLT, I'll stay right there. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1. See, this, this word is so filled with how we ought to live. Now, this is God's will for your life, is to be holy. Verse 1, because we have these promises, dear, dear, dear friends, let us, watch what he says, let us cleanse ourselves from everything that can defile our body or our spirit. Cleanse ourselves. Put away these things. See, come out of this darkness. That's what he's talking about. Let us work towards complete holiness because we fear God. Let us work toward complete holiness. I'm going to read that same verse out of the King James. That's uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 7. See, this, this is all laid out. See, this is why people, does not, people don't walk in their inheritance. This is why they don't walk in the things of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1, out of the King James. See, this is why people don't walk in the things of God. See, there's nothing wrong with the Bible. We just have not been taught the Bible. 2 Corinthians 7, 1 says, having, having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves, watch this, from all filthiness of the flesh and of the spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Not just be holy, but perfecting holiness in the fear of God. You, you, he wants you to come into a place so you'll work on this in your life. Perfecting holiness. Get this stuff out of your life so God can use you. So God can use you. Qualification is for preparation. So when you're qualified, now you're prepared to be used by God. A lot of folks want to be used by God, but you got to cleanse yourself. You got to get rid of all this mess in your life. Can't have that. All right. Now let let's go let's go to show you one more here. First uh, Corinthians chapter three. We we getting ready to get into some other stuff here, but I want to show you something. Let's go to First Corinthians chapter three. I'm gonna read that out of King James. First Corinthians chapter three, and we're gonna go down to verse number. 16 and 17. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Now this is, this is the Holy Spirit speaking to the church. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 in verse 6. He said, Know ye not that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God watch this, dwells in you? I want somebody to shout that out on the screen. Know ye not that you are the temple of God? See, the temple is not the building the church is not the building. You the church. You the temple. 
Now, if you're the temple of God, if God in you, if you're God not in you, you're not, the, you're not the temple of God. But Paul's saying for the church, no, you're not that you are the temple of God, and God dwells in you. Now, watch what else he said to them in 1 Corinthians 3, 16. He says, if any man defile the temple of God, God shall destroy for the temple of God. That's who you are. It's holy. The temple of God is holy, which temple you are. See, when, when we allow these things in our life, it brings destruction. And a lot of folks do not understand this. A lot of people are destroyed. In Old Covenant, my people destroy for lack of knowledge. When you become the temple of God, you cannot allow anything to go on your life. Let me show you what you'll do. Let me show you what you do. Let's go to Ephesians 4.30. We're going to stay in the King James just a little while here. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 30. Now I'm going to start verse 29, I'm sorry. Let's back up to 29. Because he's going, he going to give you some more things. As a matter of fact, I'm going to back up. I'm going to back way up uh, into verse 17. I'm just going to have to take time and read this. Because I was just going to run over it. But I want to read it. Ephesians 4, 17 out of the King James. I'm going to start there and I'm going to take it all the way down to the end of the chapter. I'm going to read the rest of the chapter. Because here we go. He said, this I say therefore and I testify in the Lord that you walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of your mind. Having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God. Watch this through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their hearts, who, pass, who being past filling have given themselves over to, watch this, lasciviousness, to work all uncleanliness and greediness. But watch what he says. But you have not so learned Christ. You have been taught the word. If so be that you have heard him, and have been taught by him, because some of those folks followed him, as the truth is in Jesus. But now he said to them, listen, you got to put off concerning the former conversation. The old man, you got to put him off. This old man is corrupt according to deceitful lusts. You got to now be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and watch this, True holiness. Because all of this stuff that people are telling you in churches is not true holiness. You can't wear makeup. You can't wear clothes. You can't wear this dress. You can't wear this shoes. You can't wear this. You can't wear... That's not holiness. Not true holiness. And that's not going to make you go to heaven or hell. That's not going to save you. Watch what it says. He showed you in Ephesians 4, 24, put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, put away lying. See, he's naming all these things. Listen, showing you why people are not walking in their inheritance. Put away lying. Speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Watch this. Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down in your wrath. Otherwise, do not remain angry overnight. Get it straight before you go to sleep. You might not get up in the morning. Watch verse 27. Neither give place to the devil. And that's what people do. Let him that stole steal no more. See, you can't be still cheating people and beating people and stealing from people. Listen, that's not the spirit of the Lord. Put off that stuff. Let him that labor working with his hand the thing which is good that he may have the gift of him that has need. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying. What comes out of your mouth, does it edify people? If not, you need to keep your mouth shut. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but 
that which is good to the use of edifying, watch this, that it may minister grace to the hearers. If you're not ministering grace to the hearers, you need to keep your mouth shut. Because watch what verse 30 says. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. If you don't live holy, you will grieve the Holy Spirit. You cannot remain in these things, these conditions and fornications and all these different things and homosexuality and all these different things and lesbian, all this stuff, and then you don't think you're going to grieve the Holy Spirit? The Bible says, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. Whereby you are sealed with the, you are sealed to the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from among you with malice, with, with all malice. You got to put this stuff away. Let, 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 let me show you a verse. After I did this, I'm going to go to Romans 8.13. He said, but, and be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. You got to forgive people. You can't keep holding grudges. You grieve in the Holy Spirit. You can't continue to live a life of an unsaved person once you receive Christ. You'll grieve the Holy Spirit. Let me show you a verse. First Romans chapter number 6. That's not what I said, is it? Um, I want to show you a verse, Romans chapter 8 and 5, verse 13. Romans chapter 8, verse 13. Romans chapter 8, verse 13. Watch what it says. For if you live after the flesh, you're going to die. Do you understand? If you live after the flesh, you're going to die. But if you through the spirit modify the deeds of the body, you're going to live. The word modified means to put to death. You got to put to death the things of the flesh. If you don't, you're going to die. Mortify. Put them to death. Look at Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 and 8. See, if people will tell you, oh, there's nothing wrong with it. Oh, there's nothing wrong with it. I can live like this. It's okay. I'll confess Christ. I'm a believer. No, 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 no. You understand. If you have confessed Christ, then Christ lives in you. Then now you got to live for Christ or the same God who saved you will take you out of here. That's why so many people who say they're Christians die early. You got to understand something. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. This is something you play with. All I got to do is just go on and get saved and I can live the way I want to. No, 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 no. You'll find yourself leaving here early. Galatians chapter number 6, verse 7. Be not deceived. Galatians 6 and 7. Watch what it says. Be not deceived. God not mocked. Whatsoever a man sow, that shall he also reap. For he that sold to his flesh, if you live out for the flesh, you're going to die. If you sow to the flesh, you're going to reap corruption. If you sow to your flesh, you're going to reap corruption. But if you are sow to the spirit, you will reap life everlasting. You need to write that down. You can't, you can't live after the flesh. If you live after the flesh, you're going to die. See, people think I can just, oh, I can tell the Lord, oh, I tell the Lord one thing, I can live the way I want it. No, 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 no. Once you, once you turn your life to Christ, you got to not live for Christ. You cannot allow the Spirit of God to find you out as a liar. You're saying you love God. You're saying you're a believer, but you live like the devil. 
you won't be around long because you're grieving the Holy Spirit. Let me show you something else that the Bible told us not to do. 1 Thessalonians 5, 19. Just one verse. 1 Thessalonians 5, 19. See, we read verse 18, and everything give thanks. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Look at the very next verse, verse 19. Quench not the Spirit. See, it's an awesome thing for you to try to stop the Holy Ghost. You to call the Holy Ghost not to be able to work in his own house. See, because we won't be holy like he told you to be. Let's show you another one. First Timothy. Now this, this happened at Timothy. Now watch, he's going to give Timothy, Timothy some instruction. Just keep going forward, you in Thessalonians. First Timothy 4. First Timothy 4, 14. See all this, all this stuff that people are doing, grieving the Holy Spirit by the way they live. Quenching the Spirit in their life by the way they live. Here's another what people are doing because of the way they live or don't live right. 1 Timothy 4.14 says, neglect not the Holy Spirit. See, it's an awesome thing. Here's God living in your house, which is now his house. And we just live any kind of way. You are neglecting the Holy Ghost. How would you feel? If your mother, your father, your brother, your sister came to live with you and you never, ever say anything to them, would you think that's neglect? Well, let's take a little puppy. Let's take a dog. And here you just got this little puppy. And you put that little puppy right there in the middle of the floor. You give him the most beautiful house he wants. But you know what? You never feed him. You never give him the water. You never spend no time with him. You never take him for a walk. You never, what you think that is? That's neglect. And what happened with people is, we say, okay, the Holy Spirit lives in me. But from the time you leave on Sunday morning to the time you come back next Sunday, you not say one word to the Holy Spirit. Never said a word to God. Never said good morning or good night. Never said thank you, Lord, when you get up in the morning. Get up in the morning time, God, you in your right mind. Get up in the morning time in your strength. Never said thank you. Never open your mouth and tell the Lord thank you. That's neglect. But oh, but oh, wait till you get ready to have something. Oh, wait till the bills come. Wait. Oh, God, oh, Lord. And there's some you neglect, neglect the Lord all week long. Now you want a blessing. So those are the things. Grieve not the Holy Spirit. Quench not the Holy Spirit. That grieve not the Holy Spirit was Ephesians 4.30. 1 Thessalonians 5.19, quench not the Spirit. 1 Timothy 4.14, neglect not the Spirit. You in 2 Timothy, let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 6. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 6. See, all this word is so good. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse number 6. Watch what it says. Paul says, I put you in remembrance that you stir up the gift of God. The gift of God is the Holy Ghost. Stir him up. Stir him up. You know how you can get the Holy Ghost stirred up? By giving him praise and thanksgiving. By honoring him. By living a life of holiness before him. That stirs him up. Man, it's an awesome thing to get the Holy Ghost stirred up. You know how it is when you meet another believer and you get to talking about the Lord. You know what that do? That stirs up the spirit that's in you. Or when you get, to, you get to praying in the Spirit, that's another one, thank you. You can get to praying in the Spirit before the Holy Spirit, not out trying to be seen, but just before the Holy Spirit. You get to praying in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. 
Thank you, Lord Jesus. You get to praying with the Holy Spirit. You, you don't have to be seen, just you and the Holy Spirit. Oh, people going to talk about you. Oh, they just, that stuff ain't for us today. Listen, you can pray in the Holy Spirit. Stirring up the Spirit that's in you. You can sing and make a melody in your heart to the Lord. That's stirring up the Holy Spirit in you. See, that's the will of God in you. You are praying in the Spirit. You are communicating with the Lord. You are singing. Listen, people tell you, oh, you can't sing. I, oh, I know I can't, but I can sing to the Lord. Singing to the Lord, making melody in my heart to the Lord. You know, I can have me a harm going. I can harm unto the Lord. It's just me and the Lord. He living in the house so I can sing to him. I can pray in the spirit to him. This is just my, me and the Lord. Don't put me down because I can pray in the spirit to my Lord. If you don't want to pray in the spirit, you can call it gibberish and all this other stuff. But I can, I can talk to the spirit in, I can talk to the spirit in tongues or, I, or praying in the spirit or I can talk to him just in my own spirit. Well, I can sing to the Lord. I talk to the Lord all the time. Sure do. He talks to me all the time, too. I love it. I love my relationship and my fellowship with my Lord. That's how I got my message. I, get, I woke up, I was laying in the bed, and I was just thinking on the Holy Spirit. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit gave me my message. And I got up around 7 o'clock in the morning, went in and wrote it down. Saturday morning, just as, like I said, it comes all the time cause of fellowship with the Holy Spirit. So you can stir up the Spirit. See, that's what happened with Paul and Silas when they was in prison. Remember that? Huh? They stirred up the Spirit, didn't they? You know, let, let's want to look at that. Let's look at Acts chapter 12. See, you, you get a couple people together. You can get, that, you get the Spirit stirred up. That, that's, what, that's what you ought to do. That's what you got to understand. If you can get... Get somebody together with you. You can get the spirit stirred up. But you got to get somebody else to be with you. You just can't get this done unless you find somebody who can be with you. These two people, I'm looking for the one where they both were in prison. But they, but they was able to be in prison. But what happened? The Lord. The Lord. Listen. The earthquake came, didn't it? But what happened? They were praising God. See, that's what you got to understand. You got to find somebody to talk to you about the Lord. That's how you stir up the Holy Ghost. If you're going to stir up the Spirit within you, you're going to have to find somebody else who knows how to pray in the Spirit. Peter was delivered from prison uh, in, in Acts chapter 12. But we found out that also... Uh, in, in a later chapter, Paul and Barnabas was in prison, but God brought them out. See, everything, but if you look at everybody's life, they were in a situation. Paul was in prison in Acts chapter 16, I'm sorry. So when we saw, when we saw this, we're going to show you what happened to Apostle Paul. Paul and Silas was in prison. And if you go back, I'm not, I can't read all this. I'm going to start verse number uh, 25. They, they feet was in stocks. They had been beaten. So we're going to show you, but let's, let's show you something. In, in verse number uh, 22, we in Acts 16, 22. It says, and the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates ran off their clothes and commanded to beat them. Now they beating the apostle Paul for them preaching the gospel. When they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, commanded the jailer to keep them, who having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison, made their feet fast in the stocks. But the Bible says, but at midnight. Now, at midnight, you know what they're going to do? They're going to stir up the Holy Ghost. When they get to praising God and stirring them God, the Spirit of God is going to come in there where they are. You can't keep the Holy Ghost out. See, that's what happened with Peter back there in chapter 12. The angel of the Lord came in that prison, prison where Peter at and, and let him out of there. 
Come on, I'm going to show you that too. We're going to bag up there. We're gonna, we'll come back to chapter 16. But watch Peter. In Acts chapter number 12 and verse 6, when Herod would have brought him forth, the same night Peter was sleeping between, I'm, I'm going to wait till you get there. Okay, you're there. Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with chains. Keepers of the door was kept the prison. And behold, the angel of the Lord, here he comes came upon him, and a light shined in the prison, smote Pete on the side, and raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly. His chains fell off of his hands. And the angel said to him, Gird up yourself. Bind on your sandals. So he did. He said to him, Cast your garment about you and follow me. Glory to God forever. And he went out and he followed him and wist not that it was true, which was done by the angel, but he thought he saw a vision. Otherwise, he thought he was dreaming. When they were past the first and the second ward, they came to an iron gate that leadeth into the city, which opened to them of his own accord. Now, we know God doing this stuff. And they went out and they passed on through the street, and forthwith the angel departed from him, when Peter was come to himself, he said, Now I know of a surety, my God Almighty. Now I know of a surety. Some of y'all need to come to yourself. Now I know of a surety that the Lord has sent his angel and has delivered me out of the hands of Herod and from all the expectation of the people of the Jews. Now I know. Somebody ought to be able to say it out there. Now I know. It's not a question no more. I know my redeemer living when when he had considered the thing he came to the house of mary the mother of john whose surname was mark where they was gathered together watched it praying praying and when peter knocked at the door the damsel came to the door named rhoda didn't even didn't even know god had opened him opening up while they praying god had already moved and when she knew peter's voice she opened not the door. She knew that was Peter and would not open that door because she was so glad. Watch this. They, the Holy Ghost got stirred up in here now. Gladness. She ran in and told Peter and told the rest of them, Peter standing at the gate. Said, girl, when you let him in? Oh, oh okay, I go back and let him in. They said to her, thou art mad. She constantly affirmed that it was even so. Peter's at the gate. Then they said, no, you saw an angel. But Peter continued knocking. And when they had opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. But he beckoned unto them with his hands and told how and told them to hold their peace, deliver to them how the Lord, there it is, how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. And he said, go show, your, go show yourself to James and the brethren, he departed and went to another place. God brought him out of the prison. But watch here. As soon as it was day, there was no small stir among the soldiers what was done with Peter. Herod saw him, found him, came, found him not, looked for him. And the innkeeper came and says that they should be put to death because they had let Peter out. Isn't that something? They didn't let Peter out. The Lord let Peter out. Look at, look at chapter 16 again. Paul and Silas, remember we was at prison. He was in prison, but now it's midnight. Acts 16, 25. They feet fast in the stock, but somebody said, but it's midnight. At midnight, Paul and Silas prayed. They're going to get the Holy Ghost stirred up in there. Watch this. When you want to get God to do something, get him stirred up. You can't not fight this battle. Get the Holy Ghost stirred up. And brother, something began to happen. Watch what happened here. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sing songs unto God. And then the prisoner heard him. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake. Here he come. Somebody said, here he come. I'm telling you right now, your deliverance is coming. Listen, it's an awesome thing to begin to praise God and begin to pray and praise God. You put them two together, prayer and praise. 
I'm telling you right now, that same two words is called prayer and thanksgiving. And watch God move. Watch God move. Watch this. At midnight, verse 25. We're in Acts 16, 25. Midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang psalms unto God, and the prisoner heard them. And suddenly, there was a great earthquake. So the foundations of the prison were shaken. The foundation, the very foundation of the prison began to shake. And immediately, all the doors were open. I said, all the doors were open. And everyone, bands were loose. Everybody's shockers came off. The God that we serve is able to do exceeding, abundant, above all we ask or think according to the power that works in us. This God that works in us is able to do, brother. But you're going to have to learn how to keep him stirred. Don't quench the spirit. Don't grieve the Holy Ghost. Don't neglect him. Keep him stirred so we can keep him operating in your life. Everyone, man, were loose. Watch this. The keeper of the prisoners awakened out of his sleep. Seeing the prison doors were all open, he drew out a sword and would have killed himself. Suppose the prison had fled because he knew if they get away, he's a dead man. But Paul cried with a loud voice and said, look, do yourself no harm. We all here. We're not running away from nobody. Paul cried with a loud voice and said, do yourself no harm. We all here. Then he came in with a light and sprang in, came trembling. He fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? This God that they had seen shook the prison to get their guys out. God came in and shook that thing. People's bands were broken. The jailhouse rocked that night. God came and got his boys out, just like he did back in chapter 12 when Peter was in prison. I guarantee you, Peter wasn't sitting around moaning and crying. Peter knew the Lord was going to bring him out. Why do you think God came to live inside of you so he can be your deliverer? I'm telling you right now, this thing that you're seeing and hearing about a virus, this too shall come to pass. But the key is, will it find you living holy, serving and worshiping your God in a holy lifestyle? Many people are leaving here. Already over 180 plus thousand is gone. Just in this country. God is keeping you alive. Remember, don't forget to live holy. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And don't forget to stir up the Holy Ghost that's in you because he is called in Romans chapter 1, verse 4. Let's look at one verse. Romans 1 and 4, he is called the spirit of holiness. The Holy Ghost that you have inside of you, Romans chapter 4, Jesus Christ was declared, and he declared to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. That spirit that lives inside of you, he's called the spirit of holiness you got to be holy now because God is holy that lives inside of you well praise the Lord thank you Jesus for his word today I hope you understand God will is that you will live holy let me go to 1st Corinthians 15 in 1st Corinthians 15 God wants you to believe his word he wants you to trust him he wants you to believe in his death and resurrection he died for you, buried for you, raised again from the dead for you. And all you want you to do is believe it. 1 Corinthians 15, moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, which also you have received and where you stand, by which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I have preached to you, unless you have believed in vain. I deliver you first of all that which I also received, how Christ died for our sins, according to the scripture and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scripture. God wants for you. God desires for you. God's will for you is that you will be holy and live holy. That's what God wants for you. My time is up. I thank you for your work.
Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.